near you. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At five minutes after five o'clock on a Monday morning. Come on in, everybody. How you doing? How was the weekend? It turned out to be better than I expected, actually. Now, this week, it's going to be a hot, sticky one. You better get used to it. In fact, we're going to be near 90 degrees by the time we get to the weekend. Today, 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms. It's going to be sticky out there. 74 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 84. Wednesday, partly sunny and 81. Thursday, partly sunny and 86. So you see what I mean about the steam baths suddenly coming our way. Uh, we'll talk more weather in about 15 minutes. Stu Ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. Also up before 6 o'clock, the cool, wet weather that we had this spring didn't impact just corn and soybeans. How would you like to be growing Wisconsin ginseng? Remember, that is a root crop. So all that wet weather, well, let's just say it didn't do a real good job for the harvesting of 2019. Talking about that with a Wisconsin ginseng grower before we hit 6 o'clock. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Reclaim water from cow manure? Wisconsin-based Aqua Innovation's proprietary nutrient concentration system delivers pathogen-free organic fertilizer, fewer trucks on the road, and a balance between growth and the environment. Aqua Innovations, here for good. And by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local Wisconsin-based insurance company that also protects thousands of other Wisconsin businesses? There's a local rural mutual insurance agent office near you, and premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Rural mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You know, every once in a while you talk to folks that say, I got something in my chimney, and many times it's a raccoon or squirrels or whatever, and things we just don't want. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and I've heard of all kinds of homemade remedies, Pam, to try and get those things out of there, but uh, usually I think it takes an expert to get those out of there. Don't you agree? Well, I would say there's uh, there's many ways to solve that problem, Bob, and if you're out on the farm, you probably are thinking of them right now, but if you're in town, uh, you may have had limited exposure to what in the world's making noises in your attic, in your walls. Could be a mouse, could be a squirrel, could be a coon, could be heaven knows, and that's where you do have to call in the experts. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, you're at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And let's face it, folks, the more people are moving out to the country, out to suburbia, they're coming in contact with those animals. Take a look at how many critters are alongside the road getting hit in that uh, confrontation. Well, if you're getting confronted by noises in the attic, you're probably not going crazy, but you may need an expert. Reba McClone had a chance to do a little follow-up on some of the springtime activity that one local pest exterminator's been seeing, and it's been a busy spring again. Reba? Sky Girock is an operations manager at Batsner. He has been working with Batsner for seven years and has plenty of experience in helping with the removal of animals that shouldn't be in homes but are. As temperatures continue to increase, all of the critters and bugs are starting to move around more and looking for a new place to call home. And that's all fine and dandy until they decide to make your house their home. When it comes to what you should do and what animals are making their way into homes, Sky gave me the inside scoop. The past couple of years, it's been more of an increase in wildlife. 
So we've been getting a lot of calls for squirrels, uh, raccoons, skunks, and flying squirrels on the inside of homes. Um, typically in springtime, everything's going to be having their, uh, their pups. So everything is looking for a safe place to raise their young. And typically the most popular spot is in someone's wall or attic. What makes someone's wall or attic or somewhere in their home so appealing to these animals? So the one thing that they're looking for is something that's going to keep the weather off of them, uh, somewhere that they can raise their young safely from predators and ease of access. Uh, typically when we find any of these critters in someone's home, they're going to be entering in on the roof line because they have easy access, either climbing up a tree and literally just walking onto their roof, or they can um, they have the right siding where they can literally just climb right up and get in. So are people typically going to be seeing or hearing these animals in their home? Uh, Sometimes they'll see them uh, just kind of hanging out in their lawn, especially raccoons. Um, They'll see moms sitting on the roof uh, during the day or sometimes um, coming and going early in the morning or late at night. But typically they're going to be hearing them in the attic or walls. They'll just hear something walking around or rustling and Uh, It'll sound big because everything is amplified in a void. So typically a squirrel may sound like a raccoon, and sometimes a raccoon will sound like there's a small black bear in the attic. What should people do if they think they have an unwanted critter in their home? Well, uh, safety is a big thing. Raccoons are notoriously pretty aggressive when you get close to their pups, especially in an enclosed area. Um, so we've been up in attics before where raccoons and squirrels will they'll almost charge at you to kind of try and get you to leave their area and save their uh, their babies. Typically, if they think that they have an animal animal in their uh, wall or attic, is to have somebody come out and assess the situation with both like an inspection service, and then uh, companies like Batsner, we can determine what it might be based on the location, the sound and uh, other areas that we can inspect. And so people should definitely leave it to the professionals and call someone else to come in and take care of it. Your average person, I would say definitely, because if they open up their attic hatch and take a look, um, we've had squirrels fly down the attic hatch and get into the main living area, and I would hate to think what a raccoon would do if that happened. So what do you guys do to help remove these animals from homes? Uh, The safest way for everybody is to trap them on the outside if we can. Um, We'll use a live trap and relocate them. And uh, sometimes we'll trap on the inside if it's a concern with uh, neighbors and and kids and safety. Um, But I like to trap them on the outside to get them while they're coming and going because everything needs to eat and get water. And so does that cause you to only catch like the mother and then you have to go into the house to get the pups or are the pups usually with the mother when you catch them outside? It depends on the stage. If it's early enough, um, so the last raccoon job that I did, the we trapped the mom, and we had to physically go in and remove the baby raccoons, which was the size of a small kitten. So at that point, we could just pick them up with, a, with just wool gloves and put them in a container, and then we, we take them somewhere safe. So what can people do to help keep these unwanted critters out of their home? So the biggest thing is looking at your house. If you see any kind of gaps in the soffit, uh, gaps in your attic vents, or uh, roof line, anything like that, um, is going to need to be sealed, um, either by a siding company or a handyman that can, can kind of help with that. Raccoons are harder because they have hands like humans almost. So they'll actually, if something is loose, they'll take their hands like a human would, and they'll just pull it and rip it off. 
and they're um, surprisingly very strong in what they can rip off. And this time of year, not only are critters on the move, but now is the time of year that bugs are going to be starting up as well. And Batsner also helps with pest removal for insects as well, right? Well, pest removal is more or less treating and preventing. So in springtime, you'll see an increase in ants because they're coming out of hibernation. So just like everything else, they're going to ramp up their colony. Um, They're going to go out and find food sources, or if the nest is getting too big, like in carpenter ants, they'll create a satellite nest in another area um, to make room for that new colony. Um, So we we typically treat the inside and outsides of homes for that on a preventative measure, but also if someone calls us over the phone and says, hey, I have carpenter ants inside, um, we'll just have to inspect, find where the nest is, um, and treat the interior and exterior of the home to kind of help reduce that. Um, The other thing in springtime is going to be stinging insects. So your your paper wasps, your bald-faced hornets, your yellow jackets, all those are going to be finding new places to build their nests. So a big, big thing that we do in spring is uh, preventative treatments on homes and businesses to uh, reduce those nesting sites. At what point in time do you consider an infestation level something that maybe, you know, you can put some ant bait out that you bought from the hardware store versus, you know, we should probably really bring the professionals in here to help us? I would say definitely when it gets to the point where you start seeing the winged ants. Um, So these ants are going to be larger than other ants in the colony. These ants um, are the only ones with wings, and their sole purpose to live is to reproduce, and they don't go far from the nest at all. So if you start seeing winged ants in a home, uh, it's almost a safe bet that the nest is either in a wall or in some of the framing in the woodwork. Um, So that's when I would suggest that they will not be able to take care of it themselves. When people are looking to get these insects out of their home, what are maybe some of the processes that you guys are doing um, to help with prevention? So for stinging insects and ants, um, our best tools of the trade is going to be a liquid chemical, which we would put on the interior and exterior of the home. Um, for both both pests, stinging insects and ants. Uh, if there is a big carpenter ant nest um, inside a home, our primary objective is to locate that nest and and treat it within the wall. And with these uh, chemicals that are put down, do people need to worry about potential of kids or pets getting into those? So once the once the product is dry, it's safe to be around. But we when we do the treatment, we always want everybody to be out of the room that we're doing the treatment until it's dry, just for safety concerns. Because the uh, the product will still be wet, so it's much easier to get a dermal exposure. So on your skin, your hands, your feet. Um, but once the product is dried, then it's safe to go back in the room. Before they start getting like an infestation of carpenter ants into their home, what are ways that they can try to keep those bugs out? The biggest thing is taking old rotten wood down either off the home. A lot of people have those railroad um, ties in flower beds or retention walls. A lot of times those are going to be rotten and those carpenter ants will be inside those areas. Um, another thing is keeping the bushes and flowering plants up off the building um, because carpenter ants will use those flowering plants uh, for a food source during the summer, and that's kind of one less attraction. But the biggest thing is rotten wood and, and wood rot. How busy are you guys this time of year? So if I were to call in and say, hey, I think I've got a raccoon in my ceiling, how long would it be until we'd maybe be able to see you out at, at, our, at our place? Uh, generally the next day. So it is hard for us right now because it's incredibly busy, and the trapping from 
year to year seems to be getting busier and busier in the spring as we continue. It's a, it's a new trend that we're seeing um, since I've been here. I've already done 27 trapping jobs this spring, um, and it's, it's very busy, but generally the next day. Do you have any other last tips about critters or insects in people's homes? Um, I would definitely take a look at the outside of your house. Look for those gaps that these animals might be using to get in, especially now that summer's here. If you're, if you're lucky and you don't have anything um, nesting up inside your attic or walls, the next thing that to worry about is bats. Bats love to take advantage of these open areas and houses to basically spend the summer in. Um, as far as keeping the insects and other pests away, um, it's having a clear perimeter around your house. So any, no heavy, dense vegetation or bushes um, that's basically resting on the house. By following Sky's tips and calling the experts if you do find yourself with an infestation of bugs or what sounds like a black bear in your attic, you can make your home just for you and your family again. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Outdoor traditions like hunting, fishing, trapping, and wildlife watching are an important part of Wisconsin. Access to public land makes it easier for us to enjoy these activities. Own more than 40 acres and want to keep these traditions alive? Then earn money through the DNR's Voluntary Public Access Program. Learn more. Search Share the Land at dnr.wi.gov. Funding provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, NRCS. Share the land and keep traditions alive. You're a skilled plumber, hardworking, efficient. We'd like to hire you and welcome you and your family to our family of equally talented employees. I'm Dale Benjamin. Call, email us, or stop by our new facility today. Top wages and benefits, including a generous retirement plan. You've got a friend in the plumbing business and an exciting career waiting for you at Benjamin Plumbing. So, you think Wisconsin weather's been a little challenging? What's that you say? That's an understatement? I hear you. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my friends at Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street, Sun Prairie. You know what they were telling me, though, is that your vehicle can actually do a lot to protect you and your family. Features like the safety alert seat. Your seat will literally vibrate when it detects a possible collision or a hazard. Then there's the lane keep assist so you don't drive out of your lane. Side blind zone alert, heads up display. So many different components in today's vehicles that help to keep you and your family safe, regardless of the weather. Why don't you check it out? Head on over to Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street, Sun Prairie. Tell them the farm babe sent you and take a look at all these new safety features that come along for the ride when you and your family are headed out to work, to school, or on the family vacation. Look in that back seat. Aren't they worth it? Zimbrick Chevrolet. Main Street, Sun Prairie. Tell them the farm babe sent you. Just move it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 now on a Monday morning. Going to get sticky out there. Thank you to Kirby for the rainfall report. He said he had an inch of rain kind of through the weekend up in the lacrosse area. I had about a half an inch rain from my rain gauge in the backyard on the west side of Madison. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. But you said there wasn't anything too much in the thriving metropolis of Eden, huh? I, I had a dead bug. Yeah, I got a lot of those, too. I know it makes it hard to read when they're floating there. 
Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't have a whole lot here. There were spots, you know, here and there that got some. I think it was that way every way. Uh, the airport saying lacrosse had an inch and 24 one hundredths, and the airport in Madison said only a quarter inch yesterday. Neither here nor there. We've had some rain, hit or miss, not as heavy as we expected in most places, and I guess that's the better news to share on a Monday morning. Oh, I did see Wausau. I had about a tenth of an inch popping up here as well, but there is still some rain around. And the low-pressure system today is going to spread from Minnesota off into northern Wisconsin. Central and especially north and northeast Minnesota seeing rain this morning and far northwest Wisconsin as well. That will tend to stay a bit further north in the state. But as a cool front is drawn in, there's no doubt we'll all see some chance of rain a bit later today or into the nighttime. And we still could talk some new quarter-to-half-inch amounts, no doubt, but that temperature stays warmer. Pam said it's going to get sticky well up into the 80s on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And after rain, of course, that means that humidity is going to be a lot higher. It's exactly what our crops want to see, just like putting them in the greenhouse now, turning up that humidity, giving them a fresh drink yet sometime today. It's going to be a lot of growth for those crops that are in and those that are rebounding like some of the hay we've gotten off. I'll check the forecast right after this. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin's Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam at FabulousFarmBabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. As a company founded by farmers, Rural Mutual Insurance has long understood the unique needs of the Wisconsin ag industry. As Wisconsin's number one farm insurer, they're a proud sponsor of Farm Tech Days. Visit the Rural Mutual Safety Zone tent at Farm Tech Days in Johnson Creek, July 23rd through 25th. Meet local agents and enter for your chance to win state fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, tell me a little bit about this week. I mean, honestly, it probably doesn't take all that many phrases to describe what we're going to live with. Well, no, hot and steamy. In fact, a little (laughs) patchy fog, some haziness this morning. And otherwise, today I expect some clouds to roll back in. There's some clearing in the east here this morning. But clouds build in showers, possibly even a thunderstorm. Most of that holding off till at least midday in western Wisconsin or late afternoon elsewhere. But the rain chance builds in here later today. Temps up in the mid-70s. The southwest winds 5 to 15, a bit gusty. Still some showers or a few storms into the evening, mostly cloudy skies. You know, quarter to half inch amounts. There'll be a couple of isolated bigger ones. Skies begin to clear later tonight. Upper 50s. West winds at 5 to 15. Mostly sunny Tuesday. A slight chance of an afternoon shower or storm. 84. West winds at 5 to 10. Sunny on Wednesday and about 85, Pam. West winds at 5. Later Thursday into Friday, the next little rain chance tries to build in. But with that warm air, it's going to be real sticky. Yeah, I see. We're almost to 90 by the time we get to Saturday, huh? It really pushes in there. Upper 80s closing into 90. Yeah, it, everything's going to grow. I can hear the fans kicking on in the barn already, hey? 
<laughs> I don't know if they shut down overnight. That's they? right. It, it, man, who knows? All right. Good deal. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, bud. All right. See ya. Stumax, our ag meteorologist, with those weather details live via Skype. Let's take a look at what's happening. Already, Lacrosse, you're starting off with cloudy skies, 66 degrees. Mauston, cloudy and 64. Fond du Lac, cloudy and 66. Oshkosh, cloudy and 64. Madison's partly cloudy right now and 66 degrees. So we already got a jump on things as far as the thermometer's concerned. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Monica? Yes, Sarah? How does a person know they've found the right diamond? Choosing a diamond is sort of like choosing a puppy. A puppy? You feel yourself drawn to it. You're not sure why. You just are. You're saying I should buy the diamond that speaks to me. No. Several diamonds will speak to you. You should buy the one that you feel drawn to. Several of them will speak to me? Here, look at these diamonds. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. I would look so good on your finger. I'm the one for you. You know I am. Pick me. Each of these diamonds is exceptional. Can you tell? Are you kidding? Of course they're exceptional. Average diamonds just sit there. But Kessler's Diamonds are wide awake and ready for adventure. Shopping at Kessler's is fun. Making customers supremely happy is in our DNA. It's the reason that Kessler's is here. Casual and easygoing with every possible diamond and every possible ring. Welcome to Kessler's. Find the Kessler's nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Are you tired of having smoker's lines even though you may not smoke? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Lip lines, often called smoker's lines, are frustrating and stubborn signs of getting older. They're often created from years of muscle movements around the mouth along with fat and volume loss. 
Non-surgical treatments such as Botox can relax the muscles that cause pursing wrinkles. Dermal fillers like Restylane or Juvederm can fill in fine wrinkles and restore a downturn mouth. All of these treatments are available at Rejuvenation Clinic and can be done simply and naturally with very little downtime. Don't be afraid to get your smile back. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does... Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. So, RJ, I want to talk to you a little bit, man. So a lot of people were upset that the Wisconsin Badger basketball program couldn't land the Hauser brothers. You know, never had them to begin with, and I know, um, like, Nelson had put guard on notice or whatever, one of the takes, <laughs> that he's up for my Mount Rushmore of sad takes. But uh, they do ink up both across Central's Johnny and Jordan Davis. Does this kind of right the wrongs of missing out on the Hausers if you fall under that mindset of, you know, no Hausers is a bad thing? I think overall, uh, as a whole, the Hausers are probably uh, better two players than the Davises combined. But, I mean, still, it it shows uh, some people are saying it's Greg Gard kind of reconciling what happened, but he wasn't really the one in charge with, when the Hausers were uh, being in, starting their initial recruiting. So uh, all things I've heard have said Gard definitely wanted to offer Sam to get Joey, but Bo didn't want to. So, yeah, uh, this one was kind of a same scenario. Uh, Johnny got offered first. Uh, then Jordan ended up developing uh, a, a, into a, a better player over the course of the, uh, of the year and got the scholarship offer uh, last month. So, uh, Or was it earlier this month? One of the two. But uh, still, I, I like the fact that you know, you, sometimes you have to offer both to get one. And, uh, you know, if, if yeah. that's the case, and, and you hear the family, they did the recruiting the right way. So they were in on them both right away. They just didn't offer Jordan right away. I'm, I'm guessing behind closed doors, something was probably along the lines of, need to see a little bit more development of you. You're definitely on our radar, but we need to see something from you before we can extend that offer. So I think uh, they... I would hope they saw something, either that or they had an urgency to get more kids in this recruiting class that was one before you brought in these two. So, uh, yeah, uh, bumps the recruiting class up to number eight. Uh, that'll probably b- drop back down once the, the five-star guys who are still 
uh, looking for schools uh, once they start committing. But still, right now, Badgers number eight in the country with the uh, three-man recruiting class. Now, RJ, let me ask you. So when it came to the Hauser brothers, everyone and their sister were saying that it was going to happen. They were coming to Wisconsin. You were the only guy that said, well, there's too many people saying this is going to happen, so therefore no way it's going to happen. I don't know how many people I hear saying it's for sure that Jalen Johnson is coming to Wisconsin because he's got his final four of Duke, Kentucky, and Arizona. What is your gut feeling saying that one? I mean, right now, I think everybody's saying it's Duke, uh, and then everybody else would be a surprise. So, Gross. Um, <laughs> I right now, I'm I'm not <laughs> expecting him to come to Wisconsin, uh, and that's not a slight against him. I mean, um, I mean, you kind of brought it up yesterday uh, after uh, Tyler Hero got uh, drafted. Uh, Would only had one year of him anyway. Um, so yeah, it it it. I guess if a kid really wants to be a one and done, Wisconsin's not going to be the first, second, or even third look for for a kid, even an in-state kid. And um, you know, for for a while there, I know people are upset with how uh, heroes falling out happened with Wisconsin, where it was like an eleventh hour kind of see you later, uh, rather than you know, I, he you had to have known that much earlier in the process uh, that you know, give a little bit more of a heads up and not leave a team high and dry. And I know it goes both ways and uh, colleges can drop uh, can drop letters of intent or drop offers anytime they want and leave a kid hanging. But, uh, yeah, it, that left a bitter taste in the, in the people's mouth, not the fact that he chose Kentucky, the way it all played out. And, um but once again, if you're really looking to be a one and done and you have that talent, Wisconsin isn't really going to be that in that top five of schools you want to go to unless there's uh, a certain aspect there, whether, you know, a, a kid from in-state, especially if you grew up rooting for him your whole life and it's always been a dream to play there, yeah, go right ahead, even if you're a one and done. Uh, but for the most part, some of the kids in this state, not a lot of them uh, have been Wisconsin fans their whole life. Uh still and mostly because of the plain style probably where they see themselves more as a an open kind of game or or however you want to define that and they they cheer for the teams you see on espn like every other day so uh yeah i i'm not yeah. i'm not really expecting jalen johnson to come here this is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Alrighty, here we are, 5.35 now on a Monday morning. Stick around. Up before 6 o'clock, this cool, wet weather is impacting all of our crops in the state of Wisconsin, including our Wisconsin ginseng. We're talking about it with a grower from the Wausau area. That's up before 6. Did you know, on this day in 1946, Wisconsin set a new record, and it's one we can identify with. On this day in Mellon, Wisconsin, way up north, they picked up almost 12 inches of rain in a 24-hour period of time. That set a record for Wisconsin as far as precipitation received in 24 hours' time. Almost 12 inches. That's a record that can stand. I don't think anybody wants to try to break it. And now you know. I'm PM Yankee. Now... From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Well, our Wisconsin dairy industry continuing to struggle. It's not just about low dairy prices now. It's about compromised feed. As many dairies try to figure out what their future is going to look like, some have decided to try to take some control of where their product ends up. 
That includes Sassy Cow Creamery. That uh, Sun Prairie area business is now about 10 years old. James and Robert Bearwolf decided they wanted to take milk from their conventional and organic dairy herds, try to add value by making ice cream. As James Bearwolf tells our summer intern Emily Matsky, it's not an easy route to go, but it does give some control back to farmers. Well, the biggest reason is always, you know, as farmers, we put so much work and energy into um, producing our product, but then we have no um, ability, really, or limited abilities to control our price. So uh, one way uh, that farmers are doing that is looking at value-added opportunities out there. And us, uh, we pursued the, the bottling milk and making ice cream route. How do you stay up to date with consumer trends? I know there are some people who are lactose intolerant or are looking for new fun flavors. So what do you guys do here at Sassy Cow to stay up to date with those consumer trends? Yeah, a lot of staying current with what people are interested in or their buying decisions is just um, uh, being around uh, people and having opportunities to uh, see what uh, they're most interested in. Sometimes uh, it can be in grocery stores or it can be at events or or people out here. Um, A lot of times uh, are talking to dairy managers or store owners or or restaurant uh, people, just kind of um, uh, lining up where uh, where people are making their decisions and, and how to get that information. Another thing that you guys like to do here at Sassy Cow is connect with your consumers and kind of share the story of the creamery and of your dairy. So what do you all do to connect with those consumers? Oh, we do a lot uh, to connect with our uh, consumers because um, they're vitally important to us being successful uh, because we can make products out here, but if nobody uh, knows about us or knows about our products, then um, it kind of is uh, pointless. So uh, a lot of time and energy is spent into educating and meeting and inviting and having a welcoming atmosphere out here, a welcoming atmosphere with our our customers and customers range from you know the end purchaser to a store manager to a dairy manager or a distribution ownership so a lot of different definitions for our customers as well what are you what are you looking to do in the future with this creamery creamery are you adding new products are you i know there's a big hole out in front of the creamery right now because we're expanding here so can you tell us a little bit about the future of the creamery and what's to come sure we uh, our future wise is just kind of tied to um consumer trends and people's interests and uh in the area around us so dane county is growing rapidly and um we're just going to have to adapt to that so um it doesn't get any easier these days to uh sell a gallon of milk but um, people are out and about doing things and seeing things and so as our store gets busier out here we need to make sure that uh, we can welcome our guests and and have it an enjoyable experience 
James Bearwolf speaking with summer intern Emily Matsky. He and his brother Rob using the milk from their conventional and organic dairy farms to produce sassy cow ice cream. Find out more online, sassycowcreamery.com, or follow them on social media. And like James said, if you're coming to the Madison area, be sure to stop by their retail location in Sun Prairie. We'll take a quick break. Back with markets in a moment. You know, I, I got to say, I love working with businesses that make an impact on their community. And that's why I've been working with McFarland's for so long. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, right in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. And I always say the heart of Sauk City because of what they do. It's not just about the deals that you get, the service that you get. It's about what they do within their community. And I've got some excellent examples if you want to take a look at their Facebook page. Look for McFarland's Retail Center. You know, they make a difference in people's lives, not only by the events that they support, but also by the products they sell. They've got a fantastic rental department. And if you look on their Facebook page, they have people posting thank yous for the turnout that they have in their backyard for a graduation, a wedding, an anniversary party. And it's all thanks to the quality of staff and the rental equipment available in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12. On Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and three quarters to 173 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese up a quarter at 182 and a half. Double A butter finished the week quarter of a cent higher at 239 a pound. In overnight electronic trade this morning, we've got the corn market currently trading up a penny and a half. December at 455 a bushel. November beans are up two and three quarter cents, 930 and a quarter. July wheat though, that's down a penny right now, 525 a bushel. And fluid milk contracts finished the week lower as well. Coming up next, talking a little bit about a crop that got impacted by cool, wet weather and the international trade discussion. You can't find a tougher time for Wisconsin ginseng growers. Learning more about the crop this year next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Two people meet. One of them is attracted to the other. What does this person do? They look at the ring finger of the left hand. That's what they do. Men do it. Women do it. Kessler's has over 1,500 beautiful ways to say, I'm in a committed relationship without ever having to say it. Ladies' diamond wedding bands start at $290. And men's gold bands start at just $398. We even have hundreds of styles of stackable rings to mix and match. And even if you didn't get your engagement ring from Kessler's, we have the perfect wedding band in our showcase. Or we can custom make you one. Because Kessler's is a manufacturing jeweler. When you place that gold ring on her finger and hear a voice say, By the power vested in me by the state of Wisconsin, I now pronounce... Gold makes it a marriage. Welcome to Kessler's. Over 1,500 wedding bands are waiting for you right now at Kessler's, the home of America's strongest jewelry warranty. Find the Kessler's nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. 
With a huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. She knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. This is exciting news to me. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Don't forget Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Back along with us tomorrow. The big report coming out this week from USDA. Their estimates on how many acres went unplanted this spring because of the cool, wet weather. You know, it is continuing to have... Long-lasting impacts on our Wisconsin farm families. Today, they're starting to take a look at those unplanted acres and try to figure out what kind of cover crop they can put on it. Hopefully this week, we're also going to be visiting with Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension Soybean Specialist. They are taking a look at corn and soybeans as a cover crop option. We'll have more on that later this week. Tell you one crop that is continuing to struggle with cool, wet weather, our Wisconsin ginseng. I don't know if you realize it or not, but Wisconsin leads the nation in ginseng production, almost all of which is sent to and sold to customers in China. That's a long-term commitment when it comes to a crop. You plant the seeds, and it generally takes four years before the ginseng root is ready to be harvested. I learned more about it from Dave Schumacher. Dave is the vice president of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board, representing all ginseng growers in the state. He's part of Schumacher Ginseng, which is a 60-year-old company and second-generation ginseng producer. And he says this cool, wet weather is not what they need. First of all, we're about three weeks behind schedule because of the cold spring here. The plants emerged about two weeks later and then put on top of it a cold, damp uh, time since that period. Um, we're probably pushing three, three weeks behind schedule which is not good first of all so we're we're losing growth during the summer months here but also the disease is a major factor for ginseng Um, funguses are our major problem and because the root is what we harvest and is growing in the ground of course the soil is not drying out now so it is very susceptible to a number of different funguses at this point in time yeah right well and this is for public for human consumption so you've got to really be careful and you're very limited on what you can use absolutely absolutely you know any of the products that we do use to help with funguses um, of course are are strictly regulated um, which is a good thing because it is a food food right. product and right. we we are known for producing the top ginseng in the world right. so that's a good thing right. but at the same point in time it does limit us in terms of trying to protect our crop from the diseases and now explain for people unlike many crops that they might be thinking of you don't just open a bag put that down on the ground and then have a crop that year ginseng's a long-term game explain that for them Dave yeah so basically you're looking at a minimum of three to four years before harvesting it so we typically will plant the ginseng in the fall of the year it will emerge the following spring and then from that point on you're looking at a minimum of three growing seasons until it is mature for harvest ideally you can get it even to the fourth year but of course during that time frame it is a very labor-intense and expensive crop to grow for one reason is that it grows underneath artificial shade um, which it needs uh, to, to produce or to grow 
Um, so they, it is very, very expensive crop. Well, so if anybody drives across on Highway 29 and they happen to see black shades out in the field, now you know what's under it. What do you, what do you put on a price of that shade per acre, Dave? Well, you know, you're you're basically looking at probably somewhere around twenty thousand dollars per acre yep. for the shade to start new. Yep. Um, yep. Of course, you can use it over yep. a number of times, right. but that would just be one expense. Of course, you'd be also Absolutely. looking at the seed expense, the straw, which is the straw mulch. The land is a huge expense. <laughs> just to mention that, because ginseng will only grow on one piece of land one time. So we continually need to move to new parcels of land. So that is one of the big expenses also. Now talk to me a little bit about that. You guys have managed to be generational in ginseng production. How many acres are you running? And uh, tell me a little bit about the yield then. Yeah, so it's, you know, growers vary quite quite a yeah, bit in right, our area. Right. We have some very large growers. Right. Um, we have a number of medium-sized growers. We also have some very small growers sure. who maybe do it as a part-time job. Right. Um, you know, in our operation, we're somewhere in that eight-acre range, okay. um, which is kind of in the middle. Okay. But we, we feel that's where we, we can maximize our, our output, yeah, actually. Our absolutely. yields are, are better than growing bigger, yeah. and bigger is not always better. Yeah. Um, so that's what we kind of really strive for. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about how your life's changed in the past 365 days or better. <laughs> uh, since you're on the ginseng board, you've obviously had these conversations uh, probably a couple times every week, if I'm guessing. Uh, so give people a little sense on how your farming operations impacted not only by the weather, but you are a direct remnant of the international market. Yeah, that is absolutely right. So uh, about 85% of our crop will end up in China one way or another. Um, and because of the tariffs being put on ginseng, it without question has affected our market. Um, there are a number of other trade barriers that we've run into um, because of those tariffs also, um, which are problematic for our industry. But without question, we're looking at a down market right now. So we're, we're hoping that this this trade agreement does come through soon, um, and it is beneficial for us in, in the future. But I just want to add, though, you know, we, we do understand in a way um, uh, the position that was taken by President Trump. I don't necessarily agree in terms of how we went about it, but we have, we have never, in my opinion, never seen what we would call as fair trade. We've always been paying a tariff for ginseng being taken into China, whereas Chinese ginseng has come into the U.S. for many years without any tariff. So I understand his point, you know, up to a certain extent, I right. guess I would say. Right. Well, and, and like you said, this is something where it boils right down to impacting your bottom line. Now, let me ask you, ginseng, as, as you said, it's a generational thing. Business is conducted differently than many other commodities, the corn, the beans. So the people that you have done business with through the course of your life, your family's life, are they still talking to you, Dave? How has that impacted those personal connections? Yeah. The demand for Wisconsin ginseng is still there. So we're not concerned about losing the demand. Yeah. It's just that when you add on the tariff and some of the, some of the, the, the trade issues that we're dealing with, it, it has affected it negatively. Yeah, sure. Do, you know, like we said, we've had skin in the game for decades. Building these relationships, you're saying so far the relationships are sustaining the business arrangements. That is correct. That is correct. You know, and, and I'm optimistic. If we if we come up with a trade agreement, that hey, maybe maybe 12 months from now, maybe everybody will be smiling once again. Well, and uh, tell me about so last year's crop, as I understand, was harvested in much of it is still here in Wisconsin, waiting for a market. How long can that go on with ginseng in storage? 
Well, ginseng, as long as it's stored properly, can be stored for, for at least a year okay. or more. Okay. Um, the problem is is that if you have a carryover for, for <laughs> one year, you know, we're only four or five months away from the new crop coming out of the ground again. So that is, that is kind of worrisome um, that all of a sudden we have the new crop coming on the market and we're still sitting on maybe 40% of last year's crop. So somewhere along the way, we need to get that straightened out. No, let, just let's help them understand the very distinct difference between Wisconsin ginseng from your farm certified Wisconsin ginseng and what they see at Walgreens CVS. So the ginseng that you produce in early 80, uh, 18, uh, 2018, before all this, how much was it worth then, Dave, versus how much you can get for it today? Well, you know, I, I kind of like to talk about percentages because we're looking at different grades of ginseng and okay. things like that. But right now we're looking at, um, since, since the, the whole trade negotiation yep. thing started, yep. our, our prices are down probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 percent range. Yep. Um, but of course that's off the top line. So that is, um, that, is, that is troublesome for our growers because that is the profit that has disappeared. Um, so that, that, is, that is a problem from that. Now, you also mentioned, you know, the ginseng that you can purchase in Walgreens or something like that. I just want to mention that there's a big difference there. Most of the ginseng that you purchase, let's say you go to a Walmart or Walgreens like you mentioned, is not grown here in Wisconsin. It is the cheap variety of ginseng, what I like to call the cheap ginseng. It's either coming from, in many cases, from China. Um, or in some cases from Korea or Canada. You also need to take in, into, into account that there are two types of ginseng that grow. We would grow the Panax quinquefolia species, which is the American ginseng, oftentimes referred to as American. The other type of ginseng would be the Panax ginseng, which is not native to the U.S. That would be native to either Korea or China. So there are also two types of ginseng that we're talking about. Excellent. Well, very good point to be made. Now, uh, we were talking about the volume and uh, how long. So how have you changed your farming operation in light of this, Dave? Are you guys still able to stay committed and, and hold the line? A lot of the headlines are always, oh, farmers are exiting. Well, I, every farm is different. Every farm operates on a different uh, margin. If this continues... No, Have no. you had the discussion on do we switch acres out? Do we try something else? It's definitely, you know, that we've, we've discussed that already, uh, my brother and I, Jim. And, uh, but at the same point in time, because we're looking at such a, a long period crop, we've got three or four years of ginseng in the ground right now. So we will not see any change in terms of uh, the amount of harvested ginseng for four years. So uh, that's, that's one of the problems. Dave Schumacher from the Wausau area, Vice President of Wisconsin's Ginseng Board and Schumacher Ginseng, 60-year-old company that's second-generation ginseng producers. You talk about a crop and a group of farmers caught in the crosshairs of this international trade discussion, and you most definitely have to look at Wisconsin ginseng producers. Well, that's the time we've got for this morning. Like I said, Bryce Norr back with us tomorrow morning, just like me. We'll see you then. This is the Farm Report.